Welcome back to Round Guy Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Southeast Iowa, Dave Johnson, and uh, we are here to tell you the story of uh, the history of Iowa and the nice and cool things to do in Iowa. And we want to thank Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa, as they present the history of Iowa. And today we have a guest that can do that for us, and her name is Judy Russell, she is from Boone, Iowa, and she is with the Mamie Eisenhower Birthplace and Museum. Welcome to the program, Judith. Thank you for having me. Well, well, uh, we just recently found out about uh, your museum and uh, uh, birthplace uh, through a, a guest that was on our program, and uh, he just went on and on about how great it is. So you are, what is your position there? Well, uh, it, there is a nonprofit foundation that owns the birthplace, and I'm officially the treasurer of the foundation, but mostly I'm a tour guide at Mamie's and have been for a number of years. Well, a lot, what I like to do when we talk about a place like this is get the website and stuff up because a lot of people can uh, look and follow it. So what is the website uh, for your museum? Um, Mimi Dowd Eisenhower Birthplace. Okay. And uh, you say you are in Boone, Iowa, right? Yes. So tell, tell us why is this a, a, a why, why did the guy that went and seen it think it was so great and why is this should be a must-see this year uh, as we're trying to do some things maybe a little closer to home because of gas prices? Well, because Mamie Eisenhower was famous mostly for being the wife of the President of the United States. She was born in Boone, Iowa in 1896, and we have restored her birthplace. It's also in very interesting because the home itself is decorated as a Victorian era home. And so we can also teach about that era in history and how different things were from they are what they are today. And in the museum portion, we have a lot of pictures and history and documents about the Eisenhower family and grandparents and so forth. So tell me about Mamie Eisenhower's parents and why they were in Iowa when Mamie was born. Mamie's father was John Sheldon Dowd, and he was sent here to Boone from Chicago by his father, who was in the meatpacking business in Chicago. And he sent John Sheldon and his brother Eli Dowd to Boone to look into their meatpacking interests. Uh, he met and married a young lady who was 16 at the time, Elevira Carlson, whose family emigrated to Boone from Sweden. Her uh, Mamie's grandfather came from Sweden in 1868 to Boone. He made enough money in the flour mill business to send for his wife and infant son, and they arrived in 1869 from Sweden. The, the, uh, Elevira Carlson met John Sheldon Dowd and married in 1894. They had their first daughter, Eleanor, in 95 here in Boone in the birthplace itself. And then they had Mimi in 1896 in the birthplace home. 
So, uh, so we have a lot of history here. Well, tell me about how your, your organization formed. And uh, I believe I was told that the, the house was lifted up and moved across the street to where it maybe had some more room or a better situation. Yes, it was. Originally, the home was located across the street from where it is today. It um, was right next to the Baptist Church. And in 1970, Mamie came back to Boone to accept the Iowa Award from the governor. And that ceremony took place in the Presbyterian Church. At that time, a group was formed thinking it would be important to preserve that birthplace. And a preservation committee was formed to look into preserving the birthplace. In 1975, the Baptist Church no longer needed the storage and the Sunday school rooms that were in the birthplace, and they wanted to expand. So they agreed to donate the home to the Preservation Committee as long as uh, it was moved. So they moved the house in 1975, and at the time they moved it, they built a full basement under the home so that we could have a museum down there. Then it took five years to completely restore the home with the aid of a, an expert architect from Des Moines named William Wagner, who had also worked on the governor's mansion. And he helped us to decide where the original doors and windows had been in the house and pick out the carpeting and wall coverings and window coverings to match the Victorian era so that the entire home could look as it might have looked in 1800s. Um, then it took five years to do all of that. And in 1980, it officially opened as a birth, uh, the birthplace muse and museum officially opened to visitors. There was a ceremony held um, in the park nearby over 5,000 people came to that ceremony, and the MC was a good friend of both Ike and Mamie's, Bob Hope. He came and emceed that ceremony. In fact, he thought so highly of Ike and Mamie that he had had a concert in Des Moines prior to that and donated the entire proceeds of the concert, over $10,000, to the restoration effort. Well, that is so amazing. we opened in 1980. Well, t tell me a little bit about Mamie. What, what was she like, and what was her life's journey? Well, she was a very gracious hostess. She was raised, uh, they, only, she, they only lived in Boone about nine months after Mamie was born, and she, they eventually uh, settled in Denver, Colorado. Mamie was brought up going to a girl's finishing school. She was brought up with the idea that she would probably marry a businessman or a doctor or someone that would have the funds that her parents had so that uh, Mamie wouldn't have to work. And so she was brought up to be a gracious hostess and that she was. Her mother and father used to have um, open house when they were in Denver in their large home where they had servants. And every Sunday afternoon, they would invite the neighbors in. Mamie continued that tradition. Every base they were on, she was well known because she would invite people in and they would 
in, uh, enjoy refreshments and probably Mamie would play the piano because uh, she always found the money to ha rent a piano no matter where they lived. And that was a part of the recreation that they had. Uh, so she was not, she said she wasn't grown, wasn't brought up to have a career because her career was Ike. And that's certainly true. So how did she meet Ike? Um, her parents were, by the time they got to Colorado, her father was wealthy enough that he was mostly retired. They had a summer, uh, the, uh, they had a winter home in San Antonio, Texas. And in the fall of 1915, they were down in San Antonio and they went out to the base there, the army base, to visit a friend. And they were standing outside the friend's home visiting when a young second lieutenant right out of West Point went by as officer of the day. They called him over to meet the Dowd family and that was Ike. And Ike was quite taken with Mamie. He thought she was a saucy little thing. And he invited her to go on patrol with him. Well, she didn't especially want to walk around in her fancy outfit, but she decided that she would go on patrol with Ike. And then Ike started trying to date her. Well, it was Mamie's debutante year down there. And so she was quite busy going to various parties and balls and couldn't find time to go with Ike. Well, Ike really wanted to see more of Mamie. So he started going over to her home and waiting for her to come home. And he would play with her sisters and talk with her father. And finally, her father got tired of that and pulled Mamie aside and said, Mamie, you've got to quit. Um, you've got to either cut this young soldier loose or go out with him. So Mamie found time to go out with Ike. They became officially engaged Valentine's Day, 1916, and they got married July 1st, 1916 in the family home in Denver. Originally, her mother wanted her to wait until she was 20 to get married. Keep in mind that Mamie's mother got married at 16, but she wanted Mamie to wait until 20, which wouldn't have been until November. But Ike was worried that with things heating up in Europe with World War One, and also heating up with the Mexican border, he was worried that he would get sent away and wouldn't be available to get married. So instead of having a big fashionable wedding, they got married in the family home on July 1st. After their wedding, they went to a resort outside of Denver for a brief honeymoon. Then they got on the train headed toward San Antonio. They stopped in Abilene so that Mamie could meet Ike's parents and his brothers. And uh, they were quite, the brothers were quite taken with Mamie because they'd only, they'd always wanted a sister and just had brothers. There were seven boys in Ike's family and four girls in Mamie's. So they grew up in quite different circumstances. So tell me a but, little little bit about Ike and uh, Mamie's marriage. What was it like, you know, and the kids they had and, and uh, where they lived and, and kind of what were, you know, all the extraordinary circumstances going around? How did they keep their marriage and their family together? 
Well, they <clears throat> obviously they loved each other deeply, and they had their first son in um, 1917. His name was Dowd Dwight Eisenhower. They called his nickname on the base, which was at Camp Cold, was Ikey or Icky. Icky because Ike thought his diapers were icky, and Mamie thought, how do you know how icky they are? Because <laughs> you never changed one. But they had their first son uh, in, uh, sure, 1917, he was born. Unfortunately, he died three years later from complications of scarlet fever. And that was a very hard time for both Ike and Mamie because he was dearly loved and everybody on the post felt his death deeply because they, everybody knew him. They had their second son, John Sheldon Dowd Eisenhower in 1922. And John Sheldon followed in his father's footsteps. He was also in the army. He also went to West Point. In fact, he graduated from West Point on D-Day, 1944. And I can, Mamie did not know it was D-Day, of course. She had stayed in Washington during the war to be near John because she couldn't be with Ike in that important time. Uh, so when they got out of the ceremony, she was swamped with press people wanting information about D-Day, and she had no idea what they were talking about. But John Sheldon stayed in the military. At one time, he was a, an aide to Ike, and in the... Um, in 1968, he was appointed the um, ambassador to Belgium. He was a writer in his later years. He wrote a number of books of military history. One of the most popular was uh, in the Bitter Woods about the Battle of the Bulge. At the time of his death in 2013, he was still writing. Uh, he was writing about the, uh, the Civil War at that time. So they had one son, and the son then had four children, David, who is famous mostly because he married Julie Nixon, and then they, they had three daughters as well. And they have all been to the birthplace to visit uh, over the years. Well, this might be a good segue to talk about some of the famous people that have come and stopped at the museum. Well, of course, there was Bob Hope and the governor. Um, as far as famous people, um, the, um, the children have been here. His, um, John Sheldon's wife was here during the grand opening in 1980. Uh, John could, had other obligations and couldn't be here then, but he came later. Um, I know that Laura Eisenhower, one of the granddaughters, has been here. Um, so many of the, and Mamie's sister, of course, was here because she came back to settle the um, her uncle's estate. And she's the one that donated much of the furniture that is in the home that was family furniture that belonged to Mamie's grandparents. Well, that was going to we be my next number that was going to yeah. be my, my next question was going to be, you know, what what kind of artifacts are there that maybe the Eisenhowers provided? Well, 
um, her grandparents stayed in Boone. The Carlson stayed in Boone. And when they had uh, one son, Joel, well, they had more children than that. They had a daughter and uh, two other daughters. They had Ella Vera, which was Mamie's mother. They had Mamie's aunt, Etta, who stayed in Boone and never left. Um, they had Uncle J- Mamie's uncle, Joel, who died at age 97. And after he died, um, Mamie's sister was responsible for coming back and settling his estate. And she called up the preservation committee and said, if you want anything from the home, the grandparents' home, come and get it. So they went there and obtained the dining room furniture and the living room furniture that are the parlor of the home are furnished in their furniture. We also in the parlor have two matching chairs that Mamie donated. She called up the head of the restoration committee and asked him to meet her down in Abilene because she wanted us to have something that was hers and Ike's. And he went down and she had she gave him two chairs that had been all over the world, moved numerous times with Mamie and Ike because they lived, I think, in 37 different locations during their marriage. The only home they ever owned was their retirement home, and they bought it in 1950. It's a, a farm just outside of Gettysburg. And that's where they went when they retired. So what was it about Amy or that Mamie Eisenhower that, that made you want to follow or made you uh, this passionate uh, spokesman for Mamie Eisenhower? Well, um, I had a friend who was a tour guide here and she got me involved in doing that. And I wanted to know more in order to talk more about, their lives and what happened here in Boone and so on. So I started reading books and the more I read, the more interested I became. And there's a lot of books written about um, Mamie and about, in fact, Mamie's um, granddaughter, Susan Eisenhower wrote a wonderful book about Mamie. And that was very enlightening and just get interested. I've always been interested in history and it just one thing led to another, I guess. And I enjoy being a tour guide because I always look, I always learn something from the tourists that come through here. They always make some comment or remember something about that era or have read something about Mamie. And most of the tourists are very interested to learn more. And I always learn something from them too. Well, let me ask you, is there souvenirs, uh, is, there a, is there a memorabilia that you can pick up there or books or something that, uh, that you're Well, we, we have a number of books in our library and a few books that are for sale. We have postcards that are for sale that show the, um, the home. And we have two cars back in the carriage house that one car is a 1962 Plymouth Valiant that was Mamie's car. And we have pictures of her driving it. And then 
when she no longer wanted the car, she sold it to her grandson, David, for about $300. We have pictures of David and Julie driving that car. We're fortunate enough that a donor bought the car at auction in Florida when it became available and donated it back to the um, museum. So we have that car that had been Mamie's on display. We also have a 1949 uh, Chrysler Windsor car that in the fall of 1948, Ike called up the local dealership and ordered a new Chrysler for Uncle Joel for a surprise Christmas gift. Well, they didn't have a new car in stock at that time because they were just starting to build cars after the war. And so he had ordered this car for another gentleman in Boone called Thorngren. So the dealer called up Mr. Thorngren and said, Ike wants your car. I think we should give it to him. Well, of course, I, Thorngren agreed to that. And so I got a brand new 1949 Chrysler Windsor as a surprise gift to Uncle Joel for Christmas. And Uncle Joel thought so much of that car, he kept it all those years. He died again at age 97 and still had the car. It's got a few bumps and scrapes in it, but it is on display too back in the uh, carriage house. Well, just seems so we like... have some of those things that were actually family pieces. Now, does the museum have hours that you're open, or is it by appointment, or how, how can how can someone come and visit your uh, your museum? Well, they can make an appointment if if it's not during our regular season. Our regular season is June first to October thirty first, and then we're open Thursday through Sunday. Uh, we open at ten and close at five. But if somebody wants to tour, they certainly can, and they can call up. It's 515-432-1896. And the woman who answers the phone will be from the Convention and Visitors Bureau, and then she will call either myself or another volunteer, and we will meet people at Mamie's birthplace to give them a tour. If, if we would like as much notice as possible, of course, especially if you're bringing a large group. We do have three bus tours already scheduled for this year, um, but we're happy to tour any time that people want to come. Well, give me a couple examples of people that came to the museum and, and were touched by the museum or maybe inspired you a little bit with their knowledge or... or uh just a personal connection that they got while they were there? Well, um, a couple weeks ago, I had a couple that had called and um, they were camping out at the Ledges State Park just south of Boone. And they noticed the signs about Mamie and about the museum and called and made arrangements and I met with them. They were from uh, Kansas and they really enjoyed their tour. Last um, Saturday, I met a couple, a um, woman and her brother. The brother was from Oklahoma and she was from Chicago and they were on their way from Pella to go up to visit in Humboldt. 
and they had always wanted to see the birthplace. And she had read a, a, at least one book about Mamie's, and they were very taken with learning more and seeing the actual artifacts from her birth and from the family and learning more and seeing the cars and everything. And she's actually volunteered to write a testimony about the visit so that we can use that in the future in advertising. Well, so we'll they were here for about two hours on the tour. They enjoyed it so much. Well, we're talking to Judy Russell, who, if you play your cards right, might give you a personal tour of Mamie Dowd Eisenhower's birthplace and museum that uh, she is a, a tour guide for. She's been giving us a passionate uh, response to why is a good reason to come to the museum. Tell, tell us how the, they, our listeners could follow you on social media. Well, we do have a Facebook page, um, which also is Mamie Dowd Eisenhower Birthplace. And we have a website. Um, we also have a group called Friends of Mamie. If they're interested, I believe that that form is on the Facebook page as well. We have a group. We're just getting started called Friends of Mamie Eisenhower Birthplace. And we're going to do a newsletter a couple of times a year just to let people know what's going on at the birthplace. Um, and people then can join that group for $20 a year. Well, that is, that is a, you're just doing some fantastic work there. You, you've got this beautiful museum that we, we do another show every week called day tripping with Bob DeWitt. Bob and his wife live in Galesburg, Illinois, and they take day trips around and then they call back and say, Hey, you know, we went here, we went there and it was, it was great, you know, and, and, uh, you know, so he was extremely impressed with your museum. We got immediately on the phone and got a hold of you. We, you you've given us such a great interview. Uh, I, I want to ask you a little bit about a trip that Ike took, uh, trying to move uh, some uh, military equipment from, a, was it New York to San Francisco or somewhere from the yeah. East Coast to the West Coast? Yes, yeah, they started in Washington, D.C., uh, are you talking about the 1919 convoy that came through? Yes, I am, because it, 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 it had a big impact on America. Yes, it did. Um, Ike was, a, uh, after, the, after World War II, uh, Ike's first assignment was um, the Battlefield con con Commission. He was in charge of signage and writing up brochures about the battlefields in Europe that happened in during World War One. Then in 1919, the military, having seen the wonderful roads that they had in Europe, wanted to find out what the roads in America were like in case of war would be here in our country, what they were facing. So they had a convoy, and Ike was part of it. He wasn't leading, but he was a part of the convoy that started in Washington, D.C. and ended up in San Francisco. And it went through Boone in 1919. Mamie and her father came from Denver and met them somewhere in Nebraska. They didn't come clear to Boone, but they met them. And the military convoy was using 
old, well, not old at that time, but military vehicles to test the roads. And what they found was in many places, there weren't roads at all, or they were just mud. And it took them months to go across the country. And that inspired Ike then. And then in World War II, Ike saw what the roads were like, like in Germany, the Autobahn and Italy, what the roads were like in Europe. And so one of his goals in his presidency was to get the interstate highway system built. And so it's called the Eisenhower interstate system because Ike was instrumental in getting that system built. He wanted the roads, a road across the country so that in case of war, they could move military vehicles rapidly across the country so he knew how wide the lanes should be and how high the um, bridges should be so that if it was necessary to move uh, vehicles or even to land an airplane, he knew that it would be possible to do that. Well, this has been a fascinating talk. I don't feel like we're quite done. Could I get you to stay on for a few more minutes for another segment? Um, sure. Are we going to take a break? Yeah, a couple of minutes, and then I'll, I'll get this okay. recorded and call you, or, or we'll just start again. Well, we've been listening okay. to to Judy Russell about the uh, Eisenhower Museum, uh, thanks to Hinshaw Trailer Sales in Richland, Iowa, and we'll be back for part two. Welcome back to Round Guy Radio as Hinshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa presents History in Iowa. Uh, if you need a stock trailer, a horse trailer, any kind of enclosed trailer, talk to Corwin Hinshaw. He's got everything that you need. We're talking to Judy Russell of the uh, Eisenhower, uh, the Mamie Eisenhower Dowd Museum, or Mamie Dowd Eisenhower Museum, if I can speak correctly. Welcome back to the program, Judy. Thank you for having me. Well, we, we you know, we, we've covered a lot of territory. We just kind of, as often happens, we get a, a guest like you that's a vast array of knowledge and a cornucopia of experience uh, in this topic. We we often go over our 30-minute allotted time, so... We brought you back. Uh, is there anything that we didn't get to talk to? Tell me, tell me some other things about Mamie Eisenhower. Let's talk about Mamie Eisenhower, the first lady. T tell me some stuff about that. Well, in in the um, in the up in the house itself, we do have on display uh, the furniture that I talked about from our grandparents. We have a dress on a man mannequin in the in the bedroom where Mamie was born that was worn by her mother, Elvira. Mamie also wore that dress to a costume party, and we have a picture from Susan Eisenhower's book that shows Mamie wearing that dress with Ike and Ike to a costume party, and Ike is wearing his cadet uniform from West Point. In the um, museum part, in the lower level of the home, we have Mamie's um, original baptism certificate. We have a baby shoe of hers that was silver plated. We have a number of, well, we have a, a one of their uh, wedding uh, announcements. They didn't send out invitations to their wedding because it was all done rather rapidly, but they announced their wedding and we have a wedding announcement. We have pictures of lots of pictures of Mamie and Mamie and Ike of different um, 
periods of their life from with their grandparents, with her grandparents, and with um, the young girls. I think I I don't think I mentioned that Mamie had three sisters, Eleanor, and then Mamie, and then Mabel. And by the time they got to having Mamie, Mabel, Mamie's father had really wanted a boy, so he started giving the girls uh, boy nicknames, and he called Mamie and Mabel Mike, and the next daughter, Etta, he called Buster. And in the pictures, you can see how differently they were dressed. The two youngest girls were not wearing bows like Mamie and Eleanor were. wore. Um, they had short haircuts and looked a little more boyish, probably because of their father. We have pictures of um, Mamie and Ike's wedding picture. We have where they first lived at Fort Sam Houston in San Antonio. We have pictures of their firstborn son and then John Sheldon picture. And we just have lots of information down there. We have um, pictures of when Ike and Mamie came back to Boone and then we had a parade and while well, he was president in 1956. And we have awards that Mamie was given, uh, the Molly Pitcher Award, the Sarah Coventry Award, the Iowa Award. Um, we have lots and lots of information if people are at all interested in either that era, the Victorian era, or later, or the war, we have lots of information about those things. So, uh, you, t you we, in the first part of this, you mentioned, you know, the Eisenhower's marriage had a lot of challenges. They lost a son that was three years old, and war after war, and uh, so tell me about some of the, maybe some of the challenges that their marriage went through just because he was president and, uh, uh, during those times. Well, I know that in the later years, um, when he had his heart attack, and then um, when he was in Walter Reed, um, after another heart attack, Mamie was right by his side, and she was very vigilant about keeping people away from him to let him rest. And also, um, she went to some very difficult areas of the, of the world, um, the Philippines was one of their assignments, and their son John enjoyed it down there, but Mamie did not enjoy the heat. Uh, that was, and of course, this was before air conditioning. Um, and when Amy, Mamie could not be within with Ike because of the circumstances of his assignment, Mamie would return with John to Denver and stay with her parents. But mostly she went with him, if possible, wherever he went and looked after him, was, as I said earlier, a gracious hostess, helped him any way she could, learned how to cook because when she got married, she didn't know how to cook. Ike knew how to cook, but Mamie didn't. The only thing she could make was um, mayonnaise when she got married. Um, we now have postcards with her sugar cookie recipe and with her fudge recipe that she was quite famous for. Um, we have 
postcards with those things on it. So she was, her career was being Mrs. Eisenhower, basically. Well, give me some, uh, maybe some foreign dignitaries that she uh, entertained or some, some White House balls that maybe she was involved in or some social aspect of being the First Lady. Well, of course, um, she, they knew all the heads of state and, and um, they would visit here. Churchill and Ike were quite close and the Queen um, would visit them at the White House. Um, and after, after World War II, Ike became president of Columbia University in New York and for two years, and she did lots of entertaining there. And then Truman reactivated Ike and with the idea of sending Ike over to Europe to help NATO get started because Ike was very popular here, but he was also extremely popular in Europe. And, the, and Truman decided that Ike would be the one for that job. So he and Ike and Mamie went over and lived in a chateau outside of Paris for two years, getting NATO started. And then in 1952, the Republicans convinced Ike to run for president. So he retired for the final time from the military and came back to this country and ran for the presidency. Well, Ike and Mamie Eisenhower left a legacy, uh, I would like to think an extremely positive one on the world, on America. And it was uh, certainly a pleasure going down this memory lane with you, uh, Judy Russell, uh, tour guide for the uh, Mamie Dowd Eisenhower Birthplace and Museum in Boone, Iowa. Is there anything that we didn't get a cover you think we should have? Um, Mamie was also known for wearing pink and being quite the hostess, of course, but she loved pink and she um, liked fashion. So we have a couple of dresses that she wore in her White House years with the matching shoes are also on display. Lots of pink things. This museum is like all the museums I talk about in Iowa. I don't know what it is about museums in Iowa, but they have so much rich history, just layers and layers and layers. And uh, and you say you've had guests come in there and you visit with them for two hours at a time, haven't you? Right. Yes. They so, enjoy hearing stories, I guess. Well, it just sounds like a fantastic place. I know uh, the minute I can get anywhere up near Boone, I'm going to definitely stop. Uh, uh, is there anything surrounding the area that other people might want to see while they were up there or any, you know, hotels or restaurants you'd, you'd recommend? Well, we of course have Ledges State Park, which is very scenic, which is just south of us. We have a historic railroad called the Boone and Scenic Valley Railroad, and they actually have a steam engine that they uh, take the train, uh, pull the train with, I believe on Saturdays, Otherwise, during the week, they have a train ride at 1.30 and then two rides on, at, on Saturdays, and it goes across the Des, Mo uh, the Des Moines River. And it's with historic um, 
motor coach, uh, well, I can't think of the word, and pulling a historic um, cabins with for the visitors to sit in. And it's a lovely ride, and they have a wonderful railroad museum right there at the depot, too. Well, it sounds like Boone, Iowa has a plethora of activities, uh, uh, nature to enjoy, and and uh, some trips down memory lane with uh, the scenic railways and the Marine Dowd Eisenhower Birthplace Museum. You have been a wonderful and fascinating guest, and thank you so much for your time, Judy. Well, thanks for having me on. I hope it encourages some people to get out on the road and travel. All right, There's well, a lot to see and do in Iowa. This has been a look at Iowa history, sponsored by Hinshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa, one of the best places to get a trailer in the state of Iowa. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Round Guy Radio with news you can use that won't give you the blues. Thanks for listening.